Hey there, restaurant pros. It's Dave Scott Peters, and welcome to episode 78 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom of your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today, I want to talk about how I believe that the concept of great hospitality has been absolutely misunderstood in our industry and share with you what you need to do to create memories for your guests and keep them coming back time and time again. Let's get started. But first, a word from our sponsor. We all know managing costs is one of the most important parts of running a profitable restaurant, especially now. But between fluctuating vendor prices, waste, labor, and the never-ending list of tasks that demand your attention on a daily basis, it can be challenging for even the most experienced of us to manage costs well. That's where Margin Edge comes in. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automatically uses data from your POS and invoices to show you food and labor costs in real time. Don't wait until it's too late. Margin Edge gives you tools to make decisions in the moment, like a daily P&L, price alerts on key ingredients, and real-time plate costs, all without ever having to touch a spreadsheet. Take control of your costs, work more efficiently, and be more profitable. Go to www.marginedge.com forward slash DSP to learn more and schedule your demo today. What is great hospitality? If I were to ask you what business we're in, what would you say? If you were to say we're in the food business, I'd say you're wrong because if you're in the food business, then you're competing with a gas station because I can get food at a gas station. We, my friends, are in the hospitality business. We have the privilege to create memories for our customers, memories that they'll remember all their lives. So what is a great hospitality? What is great hospitality? I think as an industry, we think about it all wrong. It's not jazz hands at the table. Look at me. We're so fantastic. It's not the mechanical service things like my name is David. I'll be your server today. It's not even how outgoing your team is. Great hospitality is when you don't break the connection your guests have with each other while they're with you. Before I break that down for you, I want to share with you a few core value definitions I've written for my members over the past 20 years. This is their view on hospitality. Now, for those of you who don't know core values, core values are who you are as a person. They almost never change. And I talk about in my Restaurant Transformation Intensive Group Coaching Program or in my book, Restaurant Prosperity Formula, What Successful Restaurateurs Do, you can learn the importance of core values. That by documenting your core values, you get your team members to make decisions based off your core values, not their own, which means they'll never be in trouble, but there may be a coaching opportunity. And that it's the cornerstone to moving your business forward. Well, over the past 20 years, I have written a countless core values for my members. More so in my old company, I do it very rarely in this company because I just don't have the time. It, it takes me hours to do so. It's a big deal. Now, what I did is over the years, I've worked with so many that the word hospitality has been routinely a core value. And I write core values based on three to five, even seven words with a definition on it. That's the way I like to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. You could tell a story. You can have a, a sentence. You could use one word. Does not matter. That's what I do. So out of those three to seven words, for many, 
many of my members, hospitality is the word that needs to be defined as one of their core values. Because again, I'm trying to teach how I want people to make decisions based off my core values, not their own. So here are several hospitality definitions for core values. So this one is, we believe that a great dining experience goes far beyond great food and great service. We believe a truly great dining experience is when our guests' needs are anticipated and met for them, resulting in 100% satisfaction. We strive to make every moment memorable. Wow. Right? Think about it. We're going to make every moment memorable. We want 100% satisfaction. We're going to anticipate our guests' needs that they don't have to think about anything. Now, as we go through this, you're going to find out that is probably the most powerful and succinct of the definitions when what we're trying to figure out is what, what is great hospitality. Here's another restaurant. Again, each one of these will be slightly different because your core values are your core values. None of these will become yours. You might like some of the things that I've used in here, but they're specific to you. So in this other restaurant, our definition of hospitality is creating long-lasting memories, one visit at a time. We strive to create a great dining experience where our food and service are second to our guests being engaged with each other in great conversation. We do this by training and holding our team members accountable to the following, which are traditions, quality standards, and making our guests feel like family. Our goal is good food, good friends always. Very similar to the first one, very different in how it's laid out and what's emphasized. This is why core values are uniquely yours. How about another restaurant for hospitality to say, we are committed to creating restaurant concepts that are found, founded on the, pu uh, the pub culture of Ireland. The culture can be best described with a Gaelic word that is spelled C-R-A-I-C, pronounced crack. While the literal translation of the word means fun, in Irish culture, crack means lively conversation and good times in the best of company. We do this through developing a culture in all of our restaurants that is based on our core values and supported by team members who have a desire to deliver on that commitment. Like, wow, right? It's still the experience. It may be a different experience, but notice we're creating an environment where guests have a good time, where they're engaged with each other. You keep hearing that, right? We're going to go back to that. How about this one? Hospitality is at the forefront of our operation. We are driven by our passion to create memories, raving fans, and become our guests home away from home. We do this by providing our guests a warm, comfortable environment to enjoy each other's company, incredible music, Southern folk art, and of course, our award-winning barbecue and Southern cooking. Now, each one of those are very different, yet they're all the same. It's providing an environment where your guests create memories. It's anticipating their needs, making them want nothing. We want them to be happy. These are just a few examples of the many core values I've helped write. And while, yes, I authored, I helped author all of these, and my fingerprint was on them, the true, these are true reflections of the restaurant owners I was working with. Core values are uniquely you. Again, I believe that the concept of great hospitality and or often referred to as great service has been absolutely misunderstood in our industry. Let's look at it this way. What if you were to ask somebody what their most memorable food memories are? What do you think they, they'd say to you? What do you think you'd hear? Now, be very clear. I didn't say ask them what their best dining experience was. I said food memory. 
I bet you hear somebody tell a story about an incredible restaurant that they've been to. Probably wrong. Now somebody's going to do that. The truth of the matter is the vast majority of people you ask that question, even yourself, as you think about your fondest food memory, is probably a special memory that's tied to an emotion. What do I mean by that? How about this? It might be the, hey, I can remember going to my first baseball game as an eight-year-old with my grandpa. And I had this hot dog. It was just fantastic. I can still feel the sun on my face. I can hear the crack of the bat, the crowd roaring. It was an incredible experience. Was it the hot dog was the best hot dog that person ever had? Was the memory of going to the ball game with their grandfather? Maybe it's somebody who goes, oh, Thanksgiving dinner at my aunt's house. You know, I'm a city slicker and they live out in the countryside in Pennsylvania and we drive up into the mountains and hear the, the sheep in the background that, it, that, that they were farmers of. And we had an incredible spread of incredible food. But I can tell you that my aunt's cornbread is to die for. And you think the cornbread was, was the thing or the cornbread was tied to the experience of Thanksgiving? the travel, the family, the outside, the something that was unusual to them, just the beauty of it all, the best food memory. How about somebody say, oh, my mother's homemade cherry pie. Oh my gosh. What does that mean? Well, I can tell you personally, I'll tell you, I can remember my birthdays because my favorite food my mom makes for me is a poppy seed cake. Like, now, before you go, oh my God, poppy seed cake, you've not had my mom's poppy seed cake. It is to die for. But that's birthdays to me. We don't often have it any other time, but once a year. And so that memory of being cared about, celebrated, and it's one of my favorite foods, that's why it's a cherished memory. The food memory is the food is tied to an emotional response. These are all food memories that are tied to an emotion. You understand? Think about it. What, what would you say is your favorite food memory? Is it a restaurant? Now it could be because you're a restaurant person. I remember going to Paris and we went to this restaurant, but it very much tied to Paris or to Vegas or to, you know, there's an experience that goes along with it to that restaurant, but I'll put dollars to donuts, nine out of 10 people. It's not a restaurant. It's a food that created emotion. I'll talk about that more in a moment. Heck, for those of you who watched the movie, the animated movie Ratatouille, this is the moment. Do you remember how that movie ended? Remember that's the movie where the, the rat was underneath the chef's hat and pulling his, his hair follicles to make him cook because he couldn't cook a lick, but the rat could use the human being as a mechanical tool to make the most incredible dishes. And the food critic was wanted to blow him up like, oh, I can't believe you had a rat, da, 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 yet invites him in at the end of the movie, makes him a meal. The food critic takes a bite and all of a sudden his brain goes, poof, poof, poof all the way back to his mother, who's no longer with him, I believe. That dish that she made and sitting in the, in, the, in the kitchen with his mom and all of a sudden a tear comes out of his eye. Was it the dish that made him cry or was the dish pulling on a memory, a fond food memory that made him cry? And it's the memory. 
That's why I talk about as hospitality professionals, we have the privilege of creating memories for our guests. Now, I can tell you that somewhere in the late 80s to early 90s, I can't remember where it was, there was this service trend where we used to say, hey, treat your, your guests at the table like guests in your own home. You know what the real trouble with this is? At that time, I was in my 20s. So a guest in my home was, I'll leave the front door open, come on in, in the case of an apartment, walk on in. Hey man, how you doing? Hey, there's beer in the refrigerator, help yourself. Is that how you want to serve your guests? Right, you can't rely on that. You've got people who don't know what great hospitality is. We're not gonna treat people like they're a guest in our own home. That is so different for everyone. Another trend that, that appeared and really hasn't disappeared is that corporate, hey, I can train somebody to follow these steps of service down to a point where I'm gonna train you. As soon as you agree to table, hello, my name is. Hello, my name is David, I'll be your server today. Who cares? Your table does not care that you are my server. I don't know you. You're just one of many people that's gonna be a service. You're just gonna take care of me. That's all I care, just get out of my face, right? Don't, nobody cares. The real lesson in great hospitality is that a great guest experience doesn't come from you and your team. Now, we can chase a squirrel and say it does by making sure we have checklists in place that they notice nothing, that everything is clean, there's no fingerprints on the door, that we are in a position that salt and shakers are the same, and we're going to talk about that. But a great dining experience really doesn't come from you and your team. It comes from creating an environment where your guests stay connected with each other. The details I just went over. So let me paint you the picture. Let's dive into that deep. Let's say you're outside a restaurant. You're about to meet a friend, a close friend, somebody you'd give a hug to, a handshake, a bro hug, don't care what it is. Like this is somebody you're really looking forward to see. You're at outside the restaurant at the entrance and your friend comes up and it's the warm embrace, whatever you do to give a great warm embrace because you're excited to see this person. Now, as you start talking, how are you? How things going to die? You start walking up the entrance. Do you notice that the ground, because you're in a city, a city restaurant, you don't have a back alley or a place for a truck to come in. All the deliveries are made through your front door. So there's the, the, the hand truck wheel grease dirt that's being tracked in and out of your restaurant. So it's in your cement, the walkway there's, there's gum, there's cigarette butts. When I get to the door, there's fingerprints. What do you think happens? We stop really paying attention to each other and we start noticing all the crap. Start thinking about the restaurant, not the person we're there to see versus it's all crystal clear. It's clean. None of those things are apparent. It's just, it's perfect for our guests to walk in. What do they do? Do they notice that it's clean? No, they notice each other. They stay engaged with each other. The moment the embrace happened, we stay engaged. And we walk in the door, there's the greeting. Now, is it that you're waiting, 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 waiting. And then we stop talking to each other. We go, man, I wonder if somebody's going to come get us. Have you seen a man? Is like somebody going to come? Is there a host? Do we see it ourselves? All of a sudden we're, we break the connection versus being greeted immediately. Hey, thanks for coming in. We're so glad you chose here. Uh, how many in your party? Like that immediate greeting is so important to a point in time where when I was more in a bar atmosphere at a brew pub, 
at lunchtime, we didn't have a host. So if I was seating a guest and I, as a manager and I was walking the circle and doing, somebody walked in the door, the moment, if I was across the restaurant, I taught something called the mortar shot. And you know what a mortar is? It's the tube, military throws in the, the you know, the grenade, it goes poof, off in the air and boom, somewhere else. Well, it's a longer distance, a longer range thing. So I could be across the restaurant and mortar, hey, thanks for coming in, we'll be right with you. To settle down my customer's brain, that is somebody ever gonna come here? Is somebody ever gonna take care of me? Because the moment I have to do that, I break the connection with the person I'm with versus continue the conversation. What about being seated? Do I have the, the, the young 16 year old host that how many your party, uh, three, fantastic, two, fantastic, whatever it is, grabs the menus and starts running to the fricking tables. And all of a sudden I've got to stop conversating. We're like, you see the unwritten rule, you see this. And we start walking faster. And I can tell you, man, when I go out to dinner with my mom, I think she's 81 years old now. She does not move very quickly. How upsetting is it that your host is running to the table, but we as guests, we can't do that. And I'm not going to leave my mom. So all of a sudden it's like, we have to break our connection, look at each other and go, what the hell? Versus the host staying with us, matching our pace, asking questions, this is your first time here? How'd you learn about us? How's your day going? Whatever it may be, whatever is appropriate, judging what our conversation's doing, if it it's okay. But even if we're having a conversation with the host, because we're staying there, we're feeling engaged. We're not feeling disengaged. Now, how about in a full service restaurant being greeted at the table by the server? Again, is it, hi, my name is, who cares? I don't care that your name is David. You're just a server in some restaurant. You're a business. Don't care. Now, versus one of the, the brightest hospitality minds that I've ever worked with and a good friend of mine, Darren Dennington, Service with Style, a secret shopping company. He's also a coach and a fantastic speaker and a personal friend of mine. I've known him for damn near 20 years now. And when he was, he talks about when he was a brand new server at Red Lobster and uh, he would crush it. Sales would be through the roof. One day at a pre-shift, the manager goes, Darren, tell everybody how you're crushing it, these, these specials. How come you're selling them? And he'd go through the rote, well, I say the special is, and it costs. And she goes, no, 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 that's not what you're doing. What she worked from him is that when he goes to a table, he creates a connection. So if he saw a baseball hat that is a team of that he loved, hey, man, did you see the game last night? Wasn't that fantastic? Love that team. If maybe there was a bag, a server saw a bag that the Gucci, whatever it is, go, where'd you get that bag? Oh, do you just love that bag? I have three, da, da, da. Create the connection. Do they have kids? Oh, did you go to the park? I have two kids. I love that park, dot, dot, dot. And asking questions, finding something to connect with your guests. Then, then after I take their orders and everything's right, I start to walk away, I pause, I turn back, and I say, by the way, my name's David. If you need anything, I'll be the one who takes care of you. 
Now all of a sudden I care about David. David's not a restaurant. David's not a corporation. David is somebody that is connected with me. And oh, by the way, that broken connection with the guest is doesn't feel so cold and sterile. I still feel warm and still generated because now I'm connecting with someone else. We don't want to break the connection. Now, when that food was ordered, by the way, I'm going to tell you on a side note, it's really important instead of just walking away, even if you did it the way I said, turned back and said, my name's David, I'm going to take care of you. You cannot leave the table without repeating the order back to each one of the guests in order you took it. You had the XYZ and this drink, dot, dot, dot. You need to make sure that they believe that when you leave the table, you got their order, that you are, well, engaged. You're not, oh man, I wonder, I told them what I needed. Do you think they wrote that down? Oh, I didn't see them write anything down. I don't think they got it. And now it means that I've got to break the connection with the guest I'm with because in the back of my brain, I'm playing a completely different recording. Now I get it. Some people don't have an interior uh, internal talking. I'm one of the people that does There's very few that do not. So I'm having a conversation myself while I'm having a conversation with the person I'm with, which means I'm not fully engaged. How about the food delivery time? Does the food show up and uh, who's got the, uh, barbecue burger, barbecue burger, anybody barbecue, barbecue burger sold. Hey, who's got the, uh, fettuccine Alfredo, fettuccine Alfredo sold. I call that auctioning food. What the hell? That means I have to stop and listen. And then I have to remember, like, I'm going to tell you that uh, I just came back from a race in England. Uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, the, um, Henley masters regatta on the Thames. And I'll tell you, service is very different in England versus here in the United States. Um, with that said, before we went there as a large group, the team, 20 plus of us, we pre-ordered online exactly what I wanted. My name was attached to it, every person. And when we got there, all of a sudden food started showing up and it was like, who's got the tomato XYZ salad, tomato XYZ salad. I'm like, shit, I did that weeks ago. I don't even know. I had to stop the conversation I was having, go to my cell phone, look up my order, find the email and go, oh, that was mine. Hell, that was weeks. I will tell you right now, how many of your guests order and don't remember what the hell they ordered 10 minutes later. And when you've got to break that connection, instead use position numbers. Now I know this is position one, position two, position three, that whether it's a manager, a food runner, another server, a busser, does not matter. Anybody who delivers the food, I can drop it off to the person. I don't have to ask who has what, because when I make, I ask who's got the, who's got there, I have to break the connection. That's what we're trying to avoid. Now, having the right tools at the table are important. What do I mean by that? If I order soup and the soup gets delivered to my table and there's no soup spoon, what do I do? I go to reach for the soup spoon. It's not there. I'd say, hold on a second. And I start searching for a server with my eyes and my finger up. Can I, can I get a soup? Can I get a, excuse me, can I get a soup spoon? If there's a steak delivered to my table and there's not a steak knife and I got a butter knife and I go, wait, I need a steak knife. Hold on a second. Hold the conversation. And you start, can I get, can I get, can I get, can I get a steak knife? I have to break the connection with the guest I'm with versus the term is called marking a table. If I know that the soup has been sold, well, before the soup ever got it gets delivered, the server marks the table with a soup spoon. So when it's delivered, I just reach down, it's there, and I don't break 
connection with the person I'm with. If a steak is delivered, there's a steak knife. It's already there. So a lot of these things can be trained to make sure the guest wants for nothing, looks for nothing, notices nothing, but the person they're with. Now, refills, this is kind of a, <clears throat> a wishy-washy one in the sense that if you sell premium sodas, you're going to sell each bottle, different story. But let's say it's an endless soda from the fountain. It's endless iced tea, endless coffee. Well, do I want my server to come up? Do you want another drink? Or do I just want it brought to me? Like, think about it. Why, why do I need to ask? And oh, by the way, on a side note, if, it, if a soda is half full, it's really only two sips away from being empty. Like, I should be on it well before that half full mark. But with that said, if, I, if you take my drinks away from the table, I have to think, am I going to get my drink back? Case in point, when my son was a preteen and he had braces, we went to an Italian restaurant. He had fettuccine Alfredo. How do I know? It was on the end of his straw because with braces, he could not clasp the, 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 the straw perfectly to, to suck up his soda. So there always be food particles on the end of his straw. Server came over, took our glasses, went away, came back, put them down. They were the same beverage. I had his drink. How did I know? Because there's food on the end of the straw. When you take my drink away from my table, I have to be thinking, how do I know I'm getting my drink back? Instead, just bring me another one. Take the half full one away. Who cares? Don't make me think about it. But if it's a cocktail, a beer or whatever, about halfway, make sure you are asking. How about checking on the table? Meals in process. I cannot stand when somebody comes up, everything good, everything okay. I mean, shit, think about okay. Are you okay? Everything's okay. Did you spend all the money building your restaurant and deciding what's on the walls and the music in the background and the uniforms and, and the training and all the food that goes into it, the quality and all these things to produce okay? Is everything okay? Replace that with, does everything suck? Because when I answer everything's okay, it's okay. It sucks. Instead, make sure that when you're coming to the table, you're asking leading questions, specific questions. Was your steak cooked to your liking? Was that jalapeno fried rice to die for? Was that recommendation of, the, of that drink unbelievable? Find out specifics that if I'm going to break the connection for a moment, that it's with purpose and that I can recall the things that I liked. How about dropping the check? We get to the point, this is often a place where tips are made or broken. I drop the check, disappear. And if I, you disappear as a server and I'm, I'm trying to get out quickly and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, I literally have to go, have you seen a server? We break the connection. Have you seen the server? Even if it's pick it up, don't come back quick enough. Versus staying attentive. And you can drop a check early. Let's say on a, on a, you're in a lunch business area, business area that somebody's going to lunch. I'm going to drop the check early. I'm going to go, oh, by the way, here's your check. I'm not trying to, you can stay as long as you want and I'm going to be back to check on you. But just in case you're in a hurry, I've put it here that I can take care of you quickly. But do know that you need anything else, I'll just add it to the ticket. Right? It's there. Because if I'm at a business lunch and I got to get out quickly and I got to start thinking, oh, am I, can I get out of here fast enough? I start to break the connection because I'm playing that inner voice. I'm having a different conversation than the one being engaged with the person in front of me. So you need to stay attentive. 
You need to make sure that we are truly looking at everything that's going on in that business to make sure that why? That I'm not wanting for anything. So even if I drop off the, the ticket at the table at dinner, then I'm going to make sure that what? I'm checking back on the table soon enough that I'm not thinking, are they going to, are they ever coming back? Are they ever coming back? Are they ever coming back? Where you watch your tip just absolutely dive. How about exiting the building? Are you just going to let people walk out? Like these people had a choice. They could go to other restaurants. And maybe they will go back to another restaurant. The bottom line is they walked into your business and hopefully you gave them a great experience and you didn't break that connection. How about instead when they walk out, your host, your manager, your someone, thanks them. Hey, thanks for coming in. Uh, we hope we'd love to see you back. And all of a sudden you are completing the process that you care about them. It's not enough a jarring thing to make them think stop thinking case in point, you know, at most corporate restaurants, you know, they're going to open the door for you. You know, they're going to blurt the thanks for coming in because they were trained to do so. But have you ever hit your hand on the front door and they didn't. And all of a sudden you thought, screw you. You understand? It's a no win situation. Now there's one additional element to great hospitality. And that's something called wow customer service. Many years ago, I interviewed an author and customer service expert, John DeJulius, about his book, Secret Service. It's a must read for any restaurant professional. In fact, I've been selling that book from stage for 20 years now. One of the main takeaways from that book that I really love is that with wow customer service, you make price irrelevant. On his website, John describes service as follows. Service is delivering the product or service as requested. We expect it to be on time, accurate, professional, as promised. It's, it is reacting to a customer's request. It must be delivered, not optional. It's what the customer is paying for and is the bare minimum. A service by itself is not unique. Everyone else is doing it, which makes it a commodity. A service is not memorable unless parts are done wrong or admitted. It's a transaction and unmemorable. The moment service is complete, the customer will never think about it again. Now, John goes on on his, on his page to talk about what makes service an experience. An experience conjures up so many different things. Experience evokes the re a, a, a reaction, a feeling. It's unique, uncustomary, and sparks you in emotional senses. Experience is by design anticipatory and is distinct. Experience is entertaining, leaves an impression, is memorable, and creates a need to have it repeated. He goes on to say the Oxford Dictionary definition of, a, of an experience is an event slash occurrence which leaves an impression on someone. Ultimately, in his book, Secret Service, John teaches you the importance of the little things that make a dining experience memorable. I recall one of the restaurant examples in his book. Now it's customer service for any business. In fact, he's a hair salon customer expert. That's how it's customer service expert. That's how it started. But now he has huge seminars and multiple books. And like, he's the guru on customer service. I can remember in his book, there was a restaurant specific example that talked about how a guest, a regular would come in all the time and orders the same wine. 
such a great regular that with simple Avery labels, you know, the printer labels that you get at a, an Office Max, uh, at a Staples, what any office supply store, you print off labels that said from the private stock of and put the customer's name there. Then when the customer would come in wanting to show off for guests and what have you, like these are my new friends, this is my favorite restaurant, da da da. What can I get you, Mr. Smith, whatever it may be, orders the wine. When they go get the wine, they also get a label and put it on there. And it comes to the table from the private stock of Mr. Smith. Where all the people at the table are like, oh, whoa, you have your own private stock? It's those little intangible things that anticipate somebody's desire. We take care of their need. We make it wow. Case in point, he talks about in, in his book as well as something as simple as a hotel room. We talk about the service versus being in a, a, a something that's an emotional experience. You could go to say a Holiday Inn and have a hotel. It's a room. It's got a bed. It's got clean sheets and blankets and pillows. It's got all the toiletries I need. It's got towels. It's got a lock on the door. It's got a TV. It's got power strips. It's got what I need. Or I go to the Ritz Carlton. Now he talks about the difference between the two. One is I can go get a hotel, but at the Ritz Carlton, he says, you get off the, you get out of the airport saying into the limo that's going to take you there. They know your name. By the way, the limo driver has radioed ahead to the doorman with your name. By the way, what's the one thing most people love to hear their name. At the front desk, not only do they know the name when you get there, they have a database of all the things. Uh, Mr. Peters, we have your favorite um, slippers in there, the, the bathrobe you like. We've changed the pillows to the ones that you like. We've made your dinner reservation, if, you, if you'd like, at our restaurant, dot, dot, dot. Like, holy shit. Anticipate the needs of the guest. Meet them. Because I have all these little facts about the person, I can wow them. These are all the little things that just make wow. So I'm going to tell you, you need to get that book. With that said, if you don't do basic hospitality right in the first place, there's no need to get the book. There's no need to start thinking about wow customer service. Your priority at this point is to ensure your guests remain engaged with each other, make, putting all the systems in place, the training in place, the management and supervision in place to make sure your guests get a great experience by staying engaged with each other, that the details are met. They want for nothing. They notice nothing but each other. In summary, great hospitality is when your guests notice nothing but each other. Great hospitality is when you anticipate the need for your guests and provide for them. Great hospitality is when you have allowed your guests to create a memory. And if you've ever wanted a good reason to upgrade your training program, I just gave it to you. Because a great hospitality experience and wow customer service experience, well, they're trainable. But you got to start today. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I want to give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. 
please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing. Be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass.